Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 999, air date November 18th, 2021. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. It's Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Hope everyone's doing well. And welcome to the discussion we're going to have today on the how the British actually started uh, and the American bankers started World War I to actually destroy Germany and to uh, essentially uh, fundamentally Uh, oppress and exploit working people throughout the world, particularly in the United States. But we'll talk about that. That's what today's conversation is going to be about. And the conversation that we're going to have is going to be based on a a book that I recently had, a friend of mine just uh, gave to me, and others have talked about this, but um, I don't, people typically ask me, hey, Dr. Shiva, what do you read? What do you like? And I'm a little bit hesitant to talk about a lot of the stuff out there because you have to read through the subtext. But this book that I'm going to share with you is a is an excellent book, and I recommend everyone read it. Let me bring it up right here. It's called, uh, if you bring it up here, um, can you see it, John? Yeah. What's the title of the book, John? Um, uh, Hidden History, yep. Secret Origins of the First World War. Right, so it's Hidden Histories of uh, the Origins of the First World War. So it's written by uh, Doherty and McGregor, uh, two uh, excellent uh, guys who did a great deal of research and really looking at papers and stuff as best as they could ha- uh, get a hold of to really understand the origins of World War One. And what I like about what they did is they recognized something very, very important that mainstream media, even back then, right, in the 1800s or early 1900s could not be trusted. Um, they also recognized which we've talked a lot about in our Truth, Freedom, and Health Warrior training, the fact that academia, essentially a few set of people control knowledge, particularly in history and more recently now in the sciences. And that's what our talk is going to circle on. So we're going to today cover a bunch of things. First of all, we're going to review you know, what you and I learned on why uh, Britain entered World War I, why America entered World War I, the official history, which is, you know, I had a great AP history teacher and the history I learned is not what I'm gonna share with you today. Um, We're gonna cover that. Then we're gonna 
really talk about the nature of how knowledge is created, how historical knowledge, everything all right, John? Yeah, it's starting just a little yeah. glaring on the screen. So how historic, how knowledge is created. And we're gonna talk about the entire peer review system. And uh, actually historical knowledge by and large is controlled by a few set of institutions. And unfortunately, more recently, science itself is becoming scientific consensus. So we'll talk about that because that'll give you the larger systems concept. One of the th uh, things that I really like to educate all of you on is to recognize we need to take a systems approach. Um, and there's a whole course that I teach every Monday evening. We've created a whole infrastructure. I'll share with you that. But the idea is to recognize that there's a deep interconnection between the pursuit of freedom, the pursuit of truth, and the pursuit of health. All these things are interconnected. And so we'll talk about what's going on really in how knowledge is uh, getting created. And you'll realize and you'll recognize that the fake history of World War I is one example of that. And it is really a way to hide the true people who are controlling our lives, which is handfuls of people. It's not, it's not the governments, you know, the apparent governments we see. It's not, frankly, the legislatures or the parliaments or the law, uh, or the lawyers, or the judges. It's people behind them, small sets of elites. And this is not even conspiracy theories I'm gonna share with you. This is well-documented history. Okay, so we're gonna um, talk about how knowledge is created. Then we're gonna cover what really happened in World War um, One, according to this great historical analysis of Doherty and McGregor in the book I just mentioned and I shared with you. And then um, we're going to open it up for discussion. John will read off some of your questions. Um, but all of this we'll also talk about in the context of the fact, as I talked about earlier, why is this guy Prince Harry here? If you go look at the uh, yesterday's video I did, I gave a detailed discussion about how the British crown and the elites do not want the First Amendment. They never wanted it. The ability to have censorship to eliminate the First Amendment is essential to divide and rule. Because when you don't have the First Amendment and you don't have open discourse, you don't pursue truth, you have people fighting against each other, right? On every issue, which is what's going on right now. That's a divide and rule model. And divide and rule is based on people fighting against each other, war. So you have censorship, which is the weapon that allows no discourse to take place that leads to all sorts of misunderstanding war, divide and rule, people fighting against each other, which ultimately ser serves the interests of power, profit and control. So before I go into that, I, John's gonna play a video for us, which is the essence of the movement that all of you, uh, many of you have supported, been a part of the movement for truth, freedom and health. I, uh, John will play this video, it's a very short video, but I encourage all of you as you're looking at this video, and I'll come back to going through the details, become whatever way you wanna be, uh, you can become a member, there's no charge or anything, but become a part of this movement to recognize that we are not gonna be able to uh, defeat the elites unless we build a bottoms up movement. You cannot trust big academia. You cannot trust big pharma. You cannot trust big vitamins. You can't trust you know, any of these big, massive nonprofit organizations, even though they spew what seems to be, quote unquote, the right words. Ultimately, big leads all of us to some type of subjugation because these people's ultimate interest is power, profit, and control. The only way out of it is for each one of you to get educated, independent of me or anyone else, for you to build a systems understanding 
of how the universe operates. And there is a way to do that. We've created that knowledge. We've created that community independent of big tech. John, why don't you play this video for people? We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. Mm -hmm. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four year old kid studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There is a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We got to train people. First with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people, Dave, to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right. The Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you. The Tucker Carlson's. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the, the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow, you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own quote unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to bashiva.com, 
and it's an educational program, we need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics, and I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. Uh, the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on V as in Victor A. Shiva, vashiva.com, so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, and health leader, I offer a full scholarship there, but we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to vashiva, Victory America Shiva, vashiva.com. All right, so everyone, please go take advantage of truthfreedomhealth.com, join the community, support this movement. But one of the most important things we wanna focus on is when we look at history, as we're gonna look at with World War I, what really occurred, when we look at science, when we look at any aspect that's going on today, the goal is to divide and rule. On every issue that we have going on today, be it racism, one group believes racism exists, the other group doesn't believe it exists. Vaccines, pro-vax, anti-vax. Masks, pro-vax, pro-mask, anti-mask, and you go down the list. There is no semblance of leading people, working people, to the essence of what is real. What is real? A systems approach, systems thinking, will get us there. So when you take the vaccine or the mask issue, the real issue is public health. You may have your neighbor and you fighting at each other, but the real issue is public health. And how do we get to public health? Is it by wearing a diaper on our face? Is it getting jabs? No. History shows us it is when we actually put infrastructure in. Public health has always come from infrastructure, but the politicians, Republicans and Democrats won't ever really address this issue. So on every issue like this, only a systems approach, which all of you can understand, is what will help you become leaders in your community to go beyond left and right. So that's what I want all of you to do. So that's what this video was about. So if we apply the systems approach, which is what it, it looks like Doherty and McGregor did in this wonderful book, which is about World War One, hidden, um, you know, the hidden history. What is revealed is what really took place in World War One. But let's take a step back and understand, as I mentioned, and I'll do a whole video on this: how knowledge is created. Today, when you look at history, the way that history is created, it's not really being created based on truth. The way it's being created today is small sets of institutions. So, for example, Harvard, maybe Yale maybe Oxford, typically Oxford, the heads of those history departments are really owning history. And this thing has been going on for centuries. So on any issue, it's a small clique of people who guard the knowledge of history. And the reason this is important to understand is this is called the academic model. So let's say one of you comes up with a completely different view of why World War I took place. And there's been all this published literature in the peer-reviewed journals. So what is peer review? And I'll do a whole video on this, but again, simply put peer review is a bunch of people in an echo chamber of experts having their journals 
where in order to get through that journal to publish there, you have to have certain credentials and you have to have passed certain sets of, um, you know, uh, criteria. And that criteria is typically adhering to what everyone else believes in, okay? That's how your paper gets published. So if you wanna become a professor in any one of these institutions and you come up with something too radical, your stuff's not gonna get published in these peer reviewed journals. And if you don't get enough publications, you're not going to get a professorship. So if a young student comes up, a young, young professor and wants to publish something new and they've actually have data and, but that information, the truth that they have will expose malfeasance among the elites. It's never gonna get published. That person will never get tenure, never get become a, a fully tenured professor. Their knowledge will never get out in the journals. And all of you need to understand there is a complete insider trading game of who owns historical knowledge. Now, when most of us went to high school, typically, I remember, I think it was in ninth grade, I took modern European history. My teacher was Mr. Rasignola, great teacher. Um, but he never taught me World War I the way I'm gonna share with you today. Why? Because he went to some college to get his history degree. He surely is not gonna pass it, get his history degree unless he answers the right questions. How did World War I start? Oh, it must've been because of this and this and this. Great, you get an A. If you said it started because of some other reasons, you're gonna flunk out. Well, who decided that exam? Well, that was done by professors. Well, how did you become a professor? Well, you had to publish in peer reviewed journals. And who controls those journals? A small set of elites, you see? So knowledge is tightly controlled and how it's disseminated. You don't get your degree unless you are in with the status quo. And by the way, the history, the social sciences are really very subjective, right? And unfortunately, science is becoming subjective, okay? But when we all learned World War I, um, John, you wanna read out what was the official reason that all of you learned why Europe entered World War I? Let's see what people say, what people say there. What was the official reason that you learned why we entered World War I? Let's, let's see what people say. Everyone remember their history? You can read it out, John. Again, the question is, when you went to history class, what were you taught the reason we entered World War I? Okay. Um, all right. Maybe people didn't slept through history class. Okay, but I'll remind you. Okay. Um, all right. The reason that World War I, the purported reason that I learned, and most of us learn, I'll bring up this, this image, which will help you remember, was this reason, okay? We learned that the reason World War I took place was that the Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austro-Hungary and his wife um, were shot, okay? Assassinated uh, by a Serbian, okay? That's why we officially learned. That's why, and if you see this article, this is 1914, June of 1914. Yes, Archduke was assassinated. Thanks, Gerald. Okay, so that was the reason that Britain and Russia and uh, France entered World War I because um, Austria, which was Germany's ally, okay, uh, was assassinated uh, by this Serbian, okay? And I'll, I'll get into the details of this, but it was that thing that sparked the entry into World War I of the three European powers, Russia, Britain, and France against 
supposedly Germany and uh, uh, Italy and uh, uh, what's the other country? I always forget the other country. Um, and I'll come back to that on the other side. Okay. And it was, it was this uh, uh, Germany, Austria, and Italy. Sorry, I mentioned that. Okay. So that was what was purported. That was 1914. That's when Europe entered the war. Then we also learned in history, in American history, the reason that we, America, entered the war was because the Lusitania, which was a ship, was torpedoed, okay, uh, by the Germans, um, uh, and lots of people died. So we had to enter World War I, okay? And those awful Germans, what they did to us, all right? So these are the two reasons, and that was uh, the attack occurred in uh, 1915, and then, you know, shortly thereafter, uh, a couple of years later, a year and a half later, less than a year and a half later, we entered, um, we entered, uh, we entered uh, World War One. So that's what we're taught. It was the attack on Archduke Ferdinand of Austro-Hungary. And then it was the sinking of the Lusitania. That's those were the two events. All right. Any questions on that? All right. Someone just said false flag. Um, so that's what we're taught. Well, what really occurred? So in this wonderful book again that I went through with all of you, I'll show you the picture of this book again because it's a great book. And I recommend if you if you it's hard sometimes to read these history books, they can be a little boring. But this is The Hidden History, The Secret Origins of First World War by Jerry uh, Doherty and Jim McGregor. So I just finished reading this book and it fits in to the theme that we're doing anyway the next couple of weeks on how the British Empire, how the British crown, I'm not talking about the British people who are great people. We're not talking about the British businesses. We're talking about the crown, which is the elites, the 300 families who really run Britain, including the queen and prince Doofus, what do we call him? Duke, Dukey Harry, yeah. the Dukey of uh, censorship. Um, these people um, are the ones today who want to obliterate the First Amendment or, or essentially participate in obliterating it. So what we want to now talk about is let's go look at the data that Doherty and McGregor bring up. But what really started World War One? OK, in order to understand that, we have to take um what Doherty and McGregor talk about is they talk about various players. Now, they are very open and direct in saying, yes, there was a quote unquote conspiracy and they call it the secret elite. But this group of people that I'm going to talk to you about, they go, they call themselves the group. OK, that was the name that they signed to themselves, the group. And around in the you know late 19th century, uh, this group of very wealthy people, um, connected to royalty, connected to the media, uh, uh, bankers got together, okay? And they decided that there were two things that really motivated them. One was a sense that they were racially better than others, okay? The Brits, the, the British race, the uh, Anglo-Saxon race. And that was one motivating factor. The other motivating factor was that they could have no competitors really in their way. And they were starting to recognize that Germany was a serious nemesis, okay? Now, one of the, the major theoreticians as Doherty and McGregor bring up, the first sort of father of this movement was Cecil Rhodes. If you ever heard of a country called Rhodesia, 
okay? Rhodesia, a very, very uh, racist nation, uh, subjugated black people for many, many years, uh, exploited the African people for mining. Well, that was really named after Cecil Rhodes. And Cecil Rhodes acquired immense wealth, a wealth that people are not even able to calculate how much wealth he enumerated. And he considered himself to be, you know, a world power unto himself, a, a, you know, an imperial power. And he had two theories, you know, a, a bunch of theories. And by the way, he was very close friends with the Rothschilds, okay? That were one of his contemporaries. But Cecil Rhodes fundamentally believed that Britain should rule the world for racial reasons. And the other thing that Cecil Rhodes believed was that, again, this comes back to what I sh shared earlier on, that knowledge should be controlled by the British and specifically Oxford University. Oxford. Quick aside on Oxford. Oxford University is the one that sponsors what's called the Rhodes Scholarship, Cecil Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S, the Rhodes Scholarship. And what's fascinating to understand is Americans apply to become Rhodes Scholars. So when you're 18, 19, or 20, and if you're a reasonably smart stu student, you're encouraged to apply for the Rhodes Scholarship. And if you have certain qualifications, typically not just are you a bookworm, you have some skills, uh, you're maybe a good athlete and or a good musician, you get to win the Rhodes Scholarship, Bill Clinton being one. And you can look at all the presidents who've been Rhodes Scholars, all the people in high official positions in the United States. They get whisked off as a young kid to Britain. They get to study at Oxford and they get the stamp of British approval. In fact, that stamp of British approval in American circles is even seen greater than Harvard or Cambridge. Oxford, right? Oxford has this old name. So many of the educated elites of the United States get that seal of approval from the Rhodes Scholarship, Cecil Rhodes, okay? So Rhodes believed that Oxford should be the center of power, of all knowledge, all right? The center of imperial power. And remember what we mean by center of knowledge. That means you are going to control worldwide narratives, okay? And he wanted uh, to bring people together on his idea. A, Britain should be the only power in the world. Racially, the Anglo-Saxon race should rule. And that um, he wanted to bring together like-minded people, right? And he wanted all of this to be centered around Oxford, okay? The Knowledge Center of Oxford. So here's Oxford, the academic center, the center of quote-unquote truth. He wanted to bring around that center financiers, bankers, very wealthy people, influential people. And this is again in the 1890s in, in the late 1800s. And he had one singular goal in doing this. And that singular goal was to crush Germany. Okay, so this is almost 20, 30, you know, it's a long game, 40 years, uh, nearly 20 to, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, 20 to 30 years before World War I took place. He didn't know when he would crush Germany, but he wanted to use his wealth and influence and power to crush Germany, okay? Part of the British elites, part of this notion that Britain's empire should always rule, it could never have any type of competitors. And by the way, as uh, uh, Doherty brings out in his book, this was the same model that Rome had. Rome did not want Carthage, right? Rome wanted to crush Carthage. All right. And so 
British Empire should rule. And in many ways, they were, you know, patriotic to this race concept. All right. So what does Rhodes do? Well, Rhodes brings other people together. And some of the people that Doherty and McGregor thought, I mean, they, they talk about many characters, but one of the important characters, a guy called Alfred Milner, M-I-L-N-E-R, who was really the guy who started the Boer War, you know, crushed the Boers in South Africa. And that was his claim to fame. Um, and, and Alfred Milner and him become good friends. And they call this group, the group. Um, in the book, they call it the secret elite. And, and their goal was, how could we create a war? Think about this. These guys, and this is why I want you guys to really think about this. If we're going to beat the elites as everyday people, you have to understand everything we're seeing occurring now, the jab mandates, the mask mandates, the censorship, this is not just suddenly occur in 2020. This was in planning for 20, 30 years. So what I'm sharing with you here is in 1890, 1880s, these guys are getting together to try to figure out how they're going to crush Germany, bring Germany into a war and to crush it. Remember, their goal was to start a war. And, and the reason they wanted to start a war is because when you go and annihilate someone, you have the chance to put make them victims and to remold them. Okay? Very important to understand. You crush someone, then you could remold them into the liking that you wanted. Okay? So they formed, formed this group and Cecil Rhodes passes the leadership onto Milner, okay? And Milner brings in a guy called William Steed, who was the propagandist. He had money, he had connections to journalists, okay? And uh, they, they decided they were gonna start, and it just, they were gonna start putting in the media Again, late 1800s, how horrible Germany was. They were going to make Germany the boge boogeyman, okay? As uh, Doherty says, they wanted to make Germany seem like an evil nation, okay? And so Kaiser Wilhelm II, who was a Kaiser of Germany, they started putting out news releases, how horrible he was, okay? He was an evil man. And they... they um, uh, they also infiltrated parliament. Again, the small group of people, they infiltrate parliament. And a very important thing is they didn't care if they were left or right politicians. Let me repeat again. They didn't care if the politician was left or right, whether they were conservative or liberal, labor or Tory, right? In those days. What they cared about was, did that politician support crushing Germany? Okay, period. You could be liberal or conservative, but if you wanted to crush Germany these influential people would fund you to make sure that you got a seat in parliament, okay? No no different than Republican or Democrat. If you believe that you should, uh, you know, make sure elections, election integrity is never talked about, then we will support Republican or Democrat. If you are supportive of Big Pharma, we will support Republican or Democrat. So even back then, again, the lesson here is a small group of people understood this. Again, and one of the important things to understand was that they were going to support anyone who believed in this racist ideology, as well as anyone who believed that Britain should rule the world. OK, so they started putting out press stories. OK, um, and they started putting out press stories because the owner of the Daily Mail, Northcliffe, a guy called Northcliffe, 
they had him put out stories, okay? Put out stories how horrible Kaiser was. Um, in fact, there was a author um, that Doherty and McGregor talk about called William Q. And um, he wrote a book, a novel called The Invasion of 1910. And in this novel, he talks about how horrible Germany was, how Germans had already infiltrated um, uh, infiltrated uh, Britain with 250,000 spies. And Northcliffe would reiterate some of these as though they were true, okay? So that you had fiction coming into truth through the Daily Mail. And the entire goal of this propaganda starting from 1890 into the 1900s was Kaiser Wilhelm was an awful enemy of the British, okay? That he was evil, he was satanic, and he must be destroyed, and he was here to destroy every British man, woman, and child. So this is the important part of this lesson also we should understand. The elites, they also know about the Bottoms Up movement that we're talking about in our Truth, Freedom, and Health movement. John, I need the plug, John. Um, they know about the Bottoms Up movement, okay? They know that they can't start a war without making sure working people support that war, okay? They know they can't pull that off. So what do they do? That's the power of propaganda. The power of propaganda done titrated over time is to get everyday working people on the side of the elites. In this case, the side of the elites was Germany's a horrible, awful nation and they must be crushed and to justify it. Now, what's fascinating is they're putting out all this propaganda against Kaiser Wilhelm II, you know, making him look awful, but they don't tell you that Queen Victoria, who was a queen at that time, they forget to mention this. John, did you know this? Queen Victoria died in the arms of William Kaiser II, okay? And there's a wonderful book. They were related, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, all these people are related, okay? And let me bring this here. So this is this book that was written. It's called Dearest Vicky, Darling Fritz, The Tragic Love Story of Queen Victoria's Eldest Daughter, okay? and the German emperor, okay? So the point is that the, the, the here we're seeing that these people were very loving, John, okay? They were actually close, okay? And Queen Victoria actually died in Kaiser Wilhelm uh, uh, II's arms, okay? So you need to understand that. So that's pretty incredible, right? The queen dies in the arms of the Kaiser, but meanwhile, the media and these influential people are putting out news that Kaiser Wilhelm II is a scumbag. He's awful. He's evil. And, he, and you know, uh, he's essentially the devil incarnate. OK. And in fact, in these news stories, as McGregor uh, and Doherty talk about, they would put out news stories. And we're seeing this right now with China and the U.S. That's why I'm giving this parallel or Russia and the U.S. Oh, my God. The Kaiser wants to form his own Navy. OK. Isn't that horrible? He wants to build ships, okay? And um, that he wants to have a bigger Navy. Now, his Navy was nowhere near the size of Britain, but the fact that he had those aspirings, aspirations must be crushed. So they would put out that nace. Oh, you know, we need to build more arms. We need to get into the naval race. What were they doing? They were getting ready for war. So they were manipulating the British masses to say, oh my God, he's building his army. He's building his Navy. We need to build even a bigger Navy and we need more munitions. 
There's no way Kaiser Wilhelm's Navy was ever going to come close to the British Empire. But just his aspirations, they converted in the press as though he was going to come and dominate, you know, the, the naval fleet. So they spend lots and lots of money uh, uh, putting into the atmosphere that Germany wanted to take over the world. Um, and they put up, you know, uh, you know, all sorts of sound bites, lots and lots and lots of sound bites using Edward Bernays advertising strategy, you know, attacking Germany. They would put out all sorts of memes, et cetera. And you can go look, look these up. Okay. And the press was pushed into doing this because remember these influential people, the press essentially served the influential people, no different than CNN or, you know, the Murdochs serve uh, the elites as we saw yesterday. Okay. And the, the, uh, the entire goal of this was to essentially by the early 1900s, by 1910, everyone in Britain thought Kaiser Wilhelm II was, you know, the devil incarnate, okay? Forgetting Queen Victoria died in his arms, okay? That they had a close relationship. All that was left out. And what was also happening in parallel was that the British started building avert, very close alliances with France, okay? Remember in World War II, it was Britain, France, and Russia against Austria, Italy, and Germany. World War I, World War I. sorry, World War I, World War I. Okay, thanks, John. Um, but during before this, England already started building close alliances with France, But what, and that was public. But what Britain didn't tell their own public was they were on the back end building a very, very close alliance with Russia. Meanwhile, overtly, if you go back and study the history, you know, the Brits and Russia were killing each other, no different than today, recently, in Afghanistan. Okay? Everything right, John? Okay. Okay. So what was occurring was the British and the Russians were annihilating each other. Okay? British in Afghanistan. Because Afghanistan was an important part because it was a way to control India. Okay? And so, but in the meantime, Britain was doing a secret arrangement with Russia. Meanwhile, they were also conducting a war with Russia. So one of the things we need to understand is that, you know, Britain's uh, Edward VII loved France, right? And he was very close together with them. So that was avert. But the entire thing with Russia was kept very, very uh, secret. Um, and the reason was at that time, remember the czar was sort of hated throughout the world. He had the pogroms. He was killing um, Jews and, um, you know, he was seen as an awful person. So Britain didn't want to show public alliance to him. So they kept that secret. Okay. Uh, on the other side, they projected to the world, Britain, again, lies, 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 fake news of the time that Germany and Austria and Italy were all coming together. They were all working together. When in fact, there was no such alliance, okay? Uh, Germany hardly had any real relationship with Italy. And in fact, if anything, Edward VII spent a lot of time in Italy. Britain was actually very close to Italy, okay? You know, he had visited the Pope. He had visited the Navy, the royalty. So Edward was extremely close. And what's also important to understand, as McGregor and Doherty bring out, that 
they essentially created this fictitious lie that Germany and Italy and Austria were all coming together, okay? Meanwhile, they had the alliance with France and they were secretively building the alliance with Russia, all right? So that's the background. Now, if you want to start a war, you have to concoct an incident. By the way, right now, if you notice what's going on right now, you can see Britain right now. It, Britain, by the way, the empire is always trying to get everyone else fighting against each other. Okay? Right now, it's probably John, China, and the United States. Okay? Uh, another is Russia, trying to pull Russia into the wall with Belarus, right? What you, what's going on right now with the migrants, okay? Britain loves divide and rule. Britain, I'm talking about the British crown, and we're seeing the same thing here. So they needed, so they had their overall plan, which was we must crush Germany. We must pull them into a war. So in order to pull them into a war, you need. they were doing their own bottoms-up movement, which their bottoms-up movement is propaganda, 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 fake news of the time. So they got all the fake news media together to put out there that the Kaiser Wilhelm II is Satan, right? That's step one. The next thing they did was they built their alliances with Russia and France. And they put forward fake news that Kaiser Wilhelm was getting ready for war. And, and none of it was the truth. So they started concocting incidents, okay? So one of the incidents that Doherty and McGregor uh, point out that they find great information on was they started uh, uh, putting up allegations that Germany was trying to infiltrate Morocco. Well, Morocco, is, if you study history, was a center of French and British influence and power. And they said, oh my God, there's a, uh, we have a massive threat. Germany is trying to get into Morocco. And how did they prove this threat in Morocco? Well, they put a picture of a gunboat um, out in, you know, on the coast of Africa. And they said, oh my God, Germany's got a gunboat on the coast of Africa. They want to come into our area. Remember, the elites at the time, including Germany and all these imperial powers, whoever they were, they were all trying to own other countries. Let's not, I'm not saying Germany is some, you know, uh, angel here, but everyone was fighting for dividing up the world. But Germany had no interest, frankly, in Morocco, okay? Uh, the gunboat that they had, what Doherty and McGregor brought up, was physically smaller than the King of England's yacht, okay? So their gunboat was smaller than the King of England's yacht. And remember the British, one of the empire, British empire's uh, claim to fame was their naval, um, you know, power. And, and the British, I mean, there's no, the, 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 the Kaiser's naval, uh, you know, fleet had no, was, was minuscule compared to the British empire. So they said this gunboat was out there and that gunboat was smaller was minuscule compared to the king's yacht itself, right? So um, they proceeded then to. So here they were showing he was an he wanted to invade one of our areas. So again, the British and the French people get all pissed off, right? Again, remember they had to keep people on their side, okay? And again, that's a big lesson to learn. The elites want to manipulate the masses because they want to start war. They want to do divide and rule, so they always put out fake news. The other uh, bullshit that they put out um, was they said, and this is quite amazing. They said that that the the um, they said that uh, 
that uh, the Kaiser, okay, was, and get to this, was treating Belgians horribly. And we'll talk about that, okay? This is when the war started. But before that, they were trying to put forward the message that Germany was mobilizing for war, okay? In fact, what they were actually doing was they were getting Russia to mobilize against Germany. Let me repeat that again. On the ground, there's no way that Britain could have beaten Germany. No way. They needed Russia. I'll repeat that again. They needed the millions of people. Remember where England is, right? They're apart from Germany. They're right, the, the ocean's there. But Russia is right on the border of Germany. So they needed Russian people to go fight Germany. So, and they had gotten Russia to do that for them, okay? And in fact, there was massive mobilization on the border. Now, think about this. If you really are bloodthirsty and you want war and your enemies on your border, aren't you gonna get ready to fight war? John, what do you think? Yeah. You're not gonna wait around, right? So if you see soldiers mobilizing, but to just let you know how much Wilhelm Kaiser did not want war, what Doherty and um, McGregor found out through their research, they found lots and lots of telegrams that are going between Wilhelm Kaiser, the, the head of Germany, to the czar is, hey, what are you doing? You know, we don't want war, right? Uh, we have no interest in war, right? And there's all these telegrams going back and forth to trying to uh, tell him that, you know, we have no interest in war uh, and we have, uh, we're willing to do, uh, let's talk, let's have peace talks, uh, desperately trying to tell them not to have war. That is not a bloodthirsty, uh, you know, premier or, or the head of Germany, right? But all of those telegrams were never brought out in the press, okay? So remember, the goal is to get, Germany to mobilize, okay? So they could, the media could say, see, they're getting ready against us. So they got Russia to mobilize against war. Again, they're getting ready. They're trying to concoct the incident, right? So they have the people against Germany, the British, the French, uh, Russian people against Germany. They have the media putting out all these stories. They're putting out Germany wants to invade Morocco, okay? They're also putting out this news that Germany's mobilizing for war when the telegram show was absolutely not true, okay? So, so you have everything ready. You essentially have all the gunpowder ready to go and you just need a spark to start it. The elites, remember, they didn't know when the war was gonna start, whether it was 1912, they actually would have wanted to start it early, but they waited for an incident, okay? And McGregor and Daugherty argue that this incident was also manufactured by the British. The problem is so much of the data leading up to this is hidden, was damaged, right? Purposefully destroyed. But what occurred, as many of you know, on the 28th of June of 1914, this is what I learned in European history, was the assassination of Franz Ferdinand, the Duke of Austro-Hungary and his wife, right? Everyone remember that? Franz Ferdinand, the Duke of Austro-Hungary and his wife get shot by a Bosnian, in Serbia, okay? And um, that sparked, that's what we're told, isn't that what you learned, John? Yeah. World War One. okay? 
That was it. And no one tells what the hell really happened. It's just suddenly some Serbian guy shoots, Bosnian guy, sorry, shoots uh, the Archduke uh, and boom, the, the war starts. Okay. All right. But what McGregor and Doherty found was there's enough data showing how money went from a group in France, remember France and Britain are like this, to Russia and then to Serbia, okay? And you have to understand Serbia, you know, the government there was rotten to the core, but and they were a nobody. In fact, a reporter in the Manchester Guardian wrote, you know, if Serbia sank, no one would even notice. So Serbia was a you know, nobody even knew what Serbia was, but overnight, you know, some small little countries put into the forefront. And it's more than likely, even though a lot of the data has been damaged, but the money flows there, that this assassination plot was executed through, you know, I guess the MI6 of the time, okay? Uh, through this uh, Serbian, uh, to the Bosnian fellow. And now what's interesting is when that assassination took place, this is very important. To, and, and this is this was broadly everyone in Europe was really, really devastated because it left Austro-Hungary without any air. OK, so people are really sad. In fact, people are going to plan on a massive European funeral where everyone was going to go. And for some reason, it suddenly just becomes a little small state funeral. OK, but what ends up happening was this is how the elites flipped everything. OK. So what happened was after this assassination took place, Austro-Hungary, Austria, went to Serbia and they said, hey, look, we want to do a full investigation. We want you to hand over everyone who's involved in this. And in fact, we want to come to Serbia and we want to do a full investigation. OK. And what the press did, this is what's fascinating. They immediately turned what Austria, Austro-Hungary, the people there were the victims in some sense, overnight the press, led by Britain and all, uh, you know, Russia and France, suddenly made Austria seem like the horrible person. How dare you want to go into Serbia? How dare you want to violate their sovereign authority and do an investigation? Okay, so they made Austria be the bad guy, even though it was Austria-Hungary. You know, uh, Ferdinand and his wife had been shot, but because Austria got angry and they wanted to assert their rights, they wanted to do this investigation. Everyone made Austria uh, wrong. And in fact, they used that to drag Germany in because they said, oh, Austria doesn't do anything without the force of Kaiser Wilhelm. It must be uh, Germany's Kaiser Wilhelm who's behind this. Okay. So, um, and Russia said they were the defendants of Serbia's sovereign freedom, right? So they characterize it as though Austria now wanted to invade Serbia, right? Or wanted to go in there and do this investigation. They said Russia uh, was uh, uh, felt violated uh, because this was going to happen to Serbia. And suddenly you have the war start, okay? And, and they framed it that it was a fault of Kaiser Wilhelm II, okay? So they used the incident in some completely convoluted way Remember, the elites wanted to crush Germany. They wanted a war. They used and likely perpetrated the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand and his wife to drag Germany via Austria into the war, you know, a la Russia. 
And there you go. So that's how the war began. The entire thing was built on fake news. So 1914, if you go back to this uh, diagram here, this is this incident is what brings Germany, um, uh, forces Germany. They, the elites use this incident to force Germany into the war, right? But it took a lot of work that they did for a while. So over years, they'd been priming the masses to hate, to hate Germany, and then they waited for a spark. So the reason I'm sharing this with you is you need to understand that the elites are extremely well organized, okay? And if we don't take a systems approach, and if we do not understand that they actually understand system science, their goal is power, profit, and control. Their goal is not truth, freedom, and health. And if we do not understand these forces, un understand the mechanics of systems, we are all going to become victims to this again and again and again. The elites are not stupid people. They are extremely smart individuals. They know what they're doing. And they plan things like a chess game. And that is what they did in World War I. Now, I want to talk about, before I end, how the U.S. gets involved how they further made Germany this awful Satan with Belgium, all the lies that they created. And then we're going to talk about how this is coincident with the creation of the Fed in 1913 and the creation of income tax and how the war, World War I, was used by the Carnegies, by the Rockefellers, by the Morgans to make so much wealth. Because remember, who was funding all of this? Who was funding... During remember the uh, the U.S. got involved in World War One in 1917. Europe got involved in 1914, but Britain, Russia, and France were being funded. Who was funding them? Well, it was the Carnegies. It was the Rockefellers. It was the J.P. Morgans. They gave them war loans, and American financiers, bankers needed Germany to win that war. Otherwise, they're going to lose it all. Okay, but. They gave massive war loans to the three, the three powers of Britain, Russia, and France to go fight Kaiser Wilhelm. All right. Before I go into that, I want John, I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back. I want all of you to recognize the reason I'm able to share with you and do the systems approach is that that is the approach, the foundations of system science. And I want all of you to support this movement, support yourself. And as I shared in the earlier video, you can go to truthfreedomhealth.com or vashiva.com slash join, and you can become a warrior scholar because you need to learn the foundations. John, can you play the video? Uh, John's going to play the video that'll give you an understanding of what the, the three essential things our movement uh, gives to you. Go ahead, John. Hello, this is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Welcome to VA Shiva, the platform of education, technology, and activism, so you may raise your consciousness to win the truth, freedom, and health you need to create the future you deserve. The VA Shiva platform provides this truth, freedom, health warrior scholars the following three capabilities. Number one, an ultimate education that is based on the science of systems. Number two, technologies to empower you to take charge of your health, as well as social media tools, independent of big tech, so you can connect with other incredible truth, freedom, health warrior scholars equally 
equally dedicated like you to winning truth, freedom, and health. Three, instruments for activism so you become a beacon of light in your online and offline community to educate others, growth, and advancement. VA Shiva provides you the foundations of the science of systems, the ultimate education. The science of systems provides you the missing fundamental scientific knowledge to understand every system in and around you. The science of systems will enable you to uncover the real problem and real solution in any situation and on any issue. Concerning the educational component, first you will receive direct access to me to learn the science of systems in my three-hour live private online group class that I run every week. Second, you will have access to archive lectures so you can continue your education independent of me. Third, you can test your proficiency in learning the fundamental principles and get a formal certification for the foundations of systems. Independent of this classroom education, you will receive also four important books. The first book is the best-selling classic Systems and Revolution from which you can learn all of these concepts and more. The second book is The Science of Everything that will educate you on how the science of systems is the foundational knowledge of every system in the universe. The third book, Your Body, Your System, focuses on how to understand the interplay of these systems within your own body. And then the fourth book, Your System, Your Life, will help you apply these principles to other aspects of your life, such as running a business, understanding relationships, and more. Beyond the curriculum and books, the second capability is the technologies that you will be afforded. One of them is a powerful Your Body, Your System software, which is an online laboratory where you can use your body as a system to further deepen your understanding of the science of systems. The tool allows you to understand what kind of system you are. Is your system on course or is it off course? And how the inputs of food, supplements, herbs, activities such as sleep, yoga, meditation, exercise can affect your body to bring it back on course. Finally, to support your education, I've also included a seminal scientific paper that I wrote which will help you understand that the knowledge of systems it does not only originate in the modern world starting in the 1920s and 30s, but it actually dates back 10 to 20,000 years and intersects directly with the foundations of Eastern systems of medicine. In addition to this, you will also get two scientific papers sharing how the science of systems can also be used to apply to understanding how food is medicine. One paper exposes turmeric from the molecular systems level and how it affects your body. The other paper explores ginger and how that affects your body. That's just the educational piece. As you raise your consciousness through this education, you will likely want to connect with other Truth Freedom Health Warrior Scholars in an environment where you can connect and build community. To support that, I've also created two powerful social media tools. One of them is the VA Shiva Forum. Here you can start discussions, you can pose questions and meet others and have healthy debates. The other is VA Shiva Social, where you can create your own profile, your own presence, like other major social media tools. However, it is independent of big tech. You can use VA Shiva Social to interconnect with your fellow Truth Freedom Health Warrior Scholars and build community. Beyond the education capability and the social media capability, the platform also enables you to take action by disseminating your knowledge on the ground and into your local online and offline communities. Powerful educational cards and research are included so you can pass these cards to your friends and neighbors that provide them summarized content which further directs them to online research and education. In addition to this, the activism component also provides you many, many short one-minute educational video content, memes and text, allowing you to quickly craft messages for your Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and other pages so you can deliver content to educate others and drive them to longer educational posts on VA Shiva. VA Shiva is fundamentally an enabling platform for you to get the truth, freedom, and health you deserve through education, technology, and activism. I hope you become a truth, freedom, and health warrior scholar today. Thank you. All right. So again, I encourage everyone for your own benefit to become a truth, freedom, and health warrior scholar so you can understand 
the fundamentals of system science so we can all fight this bottoms up. So getting back to, um, so what we just discussed here, uh, for those of you joining us new, is that we've talked about the essential goal of Britain to wipe out Germany. And they had this plan starting in 1890, and they were waiting for an incident to spark it. So in Britain or in Europe, the incident was the uh, assassination of Archduke Ferdinand. Yes, that did occur. But there's a whole backstory that we just covered that the British wanted that to occur or an incident like that because so they could make Germany the bad guy. So they used Russia to make Germany the bad guy. And as a result of that, uh, Britain, uh, uh, you know, essentially incensed, incensed Germany. And you have World War II starting. Okay. I'm World War I starting. Sorry about that. Make sure I correct that, John. World War I. Okay. So, so that was 1914. But in 1917, the U.S. gets involved. How did they get involved? What was the motivation? Well, you have to understand, as I mentioned right before we just took this quick break, is that the financiers, J.P. Morgan, the Carnegies, the Rockefellers, all of these people um, were funding, giving out loans, okay, to the three powers in Europe. The other thing that was uncovered by, uh, th that was clear was that these people wanted war, okay? There was a general ethos among these people that they wanted war. Uh, going back, as I mentioned, to Cecil Rhodes. These elites, and this is something you need to really appreciate and understand, it's hard for probably working people to appreciate this. These elites fundamentally believed that they knew better. It was this upper caste model. You know, the caste system like in India that I grew up in as a child was the priesthood, the elites believe they actually believe they're better than everyone else. Mentally better, physically better, emotionally better, psychologically better, spiritually better. So since they know better, they're going to tell you what to do. And if you don't listen, if you get too free, they're going to bring you back into line. They're going to remold you. Okay. And one of the theories here was, was, that, was that war was a very powerful way to crush you. Okay. Uh, Laura just gave us a super sticker, John. So thank you, Laura. So that war was a way to crush people, right? You beat the hell out of people and then you can remold them. So I want to understand, make you understand that this was the driving philosophy. So Cecil Rhodes, remember, as I said, he wanted, he had this uh, uh, racial uh, racist uh, model and he wanted to crush Germany, but he really believed at a fundamental level, this is why he was in Rhodesia, he believed that the slaves were slaves, they needed to be led by others, that you, you should use humans as slaves, that this small set of people know better than everyone else and they should lead. And so they viewed war as an instrument for massive amounts of change, okay? That they war was actually a weapon, okay? So now go to 1917, you know, what happens is the United States gets into the war. Now, how did that happen? Woodrow Wilson... Remember, he was a president. He ran, okay? Woodrow Wilson ran, believe it or not, on a campaign that Wilson will not start a war. Wilson, you know, did not start a war. Wilson is a man of peace. Well, Wilson is the one who gets the U.S. involved in war, okay? So the J.P. Morgans or Her the Herbert Hoovers or Rockefellers all backed this British standpoint that we needed to crush Germany. So New York and, you know, 
London were one, okay? The New York banking elites and the London British crown elites were working together. What's interesting is at this time, the American public did not want war. So, so in the 1900s, Americans, you know, did not want war. Remember 1914, Europe gets involved in World War I. America didn't because the masses of American people did not want to get involved in war. They were non-interventionists, okay? They did not want, want to get in war. In fact, the immigrants here, whether they were from Germany or Russia uh, or Britain, they, you know, they, they did not want war here, the everyday American citizen. So they needed propaganda, just like Britain had put propaganda to get, um, you know, the British people behind it. America also did propaganda. So what was that propaganda? Well, they did a bunch of propaganda. Well, the biggest propaganda was they portrayed, um, you know, uh, the Germans attacking uh, the British, you know, um, that that the the Germans were soulless people, that, you know, they had, they were just horrible people. In fact, one of the ways that they did this was that they uh, alleged, okay, uh, that Germany was abusing the Belgians, Belgians, okay, Belgians, okay? And um, uh, fortunately, this was exposed as, as Doherty, uh, as Doherty and uh, McGregor brought up by a American journalist. And what, what, what they were doing was the, they were putting out in the media, the, the British were putting out in the media complete lies. They put out one story, for example, that, that uh, and they put pictures of this, bogus pictures, uh, that children were having their arms chopped off under, under the Germans, that the Kaiser Wilhelm was having children's arms chopped off in Belgium, okay? Complete lie. Um, they also put out store, and by the way, this was exposed by an American journalist because at the time, American journalists were actually able to move around. So American journalists actually did some great work during that time exposing all this. And again, Doherty and McGregor brought this out. None of the, no one else here did. Um, but they were put out the fact that the, the British were putting out news that Germans were in there slicing the arms, cutting the arms off children. They also put out news that the Germans were raping nuns. You hear that, John? They were raping Catholic nuns, okay? It's horrible, all right? And they, in fact, put news out there that the Germans were nailing, um, you know, Belgians up to crosses, okay? And this is the kind of stuff. So they were putting the most horrific news out there in the media. And what ends up happening is a German governor actually goes to Cardinal Mer uh, Mercier, one of the cardinals, and he says, you know, this is horrible. I didn't know, we had no idea we we're doing this. Okay, can you please let me talk to the nuns? I want to sp speak to them. First of all, if this is true, find out. And Cardinal Mercier says, no, they can't do that. Those nuns who got raped have to go to confession. That's the only people that they can talk to. Um, so it was complete, complete fake news that they were putting out. And in fact, uh, when an investigation was done in the United States on this, right, uh, the committee wanted to go speak to find these kids whose arms were cut off. And they said, no, 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 we can't uh, talk about that. So they essentially manufactured everything, the rape of Belgium. Now, 
albeit as Doherty and McGregor talked about, look, there were atrocities of war. No one here is an angel, but this was just clear BS, okay? So what was going on here was the British are putting out this news that the Germans are horrible people, that they're putting people up on crosses, they're raping nuns, they're cutting the uh, arms off children, and that was to affect the American um, public who did not want to get involved in the war. But the tipping point of this was this diagram right here, this news story, when the Lusitania is torpedoed, okay? So the Lusitania uh, uh, was a ship that was torpedoed by the Germans. Now you have to understand, the Germans had put out warnings repeatedly. They would publish these warnings in American newspapers. They would say to, to the American people, they would actually take out ads. They say, please be aware, Germany is at war with Europe. If you're taking a boat across the Atlantic and you and know that if you are an ally of an of 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 Britain, United States, right, was an ally, we will take it down because we're in a wartime world. And telling people that these American civilian ships were carrying munitions, which they were. So the Lusitania is torpedoed, and they were using the cover of civilians to send munitions from the United States over to Britain, okay? And it's very well known. So they knew that they were creating munitions. And in fact, right after that bombing took place or that torpedoing, guess what happened? Obviously the US enters uh, a little bit later World War I, but the first reaction of the prime minister of Britain was, oh, I guess we won't be able to do that anymore. I guess we won't be able to use civilian vessels for carrying munitions. He didn't really care about the people's lies, okay? So the entire goal here was the torpedoing of the Lusitania was created. You see, the elites are very, very clever at creating incidents, okay? They have everything ready and they actually create the spark, right? I mean, obviously putting civilians in a boat carrying munitions while the Germans are saying, we're gonna torpedo you if you do that and you do that, it's gonna you know, uh, cause an incident and that incident was used to say, see, the Germans are horrible people. They're cutting the arms off kids over there, fake news. They're cutting, they're raping nuns, fake news. You know, they're putting people on crosses, fake news. And look what they just did. They just torpedoed the Lusitania. So that was what they did to bring America into the war. Now, all of this is occurring at the same time, 1913, you know, four years before this. Guess what happened in 1913? The Federal Reserve gets created, okay? and the income tax gets created, right? We didn't have that before that. So the Fed gets created in 1913. And what did the Fed do? The Fed guaranteed it backed the loans of the Carnegies, the Morgans, and the Rockefellers. Remember, the biggest thing the Rockefellers, the bankers, and the Carnegies did not want to happen is they could not afford that Britain and France and Russia lost the war so they, because they had given them lots of loans. Guess what they do? To have secondary insurance, they went and had the Fed created. And the Fed basically guaranteed their loans. So regardless of what happened, these financiers were at least going to be whole, okay? And that occurred in 1913. Again, I want you to observe how insidious the elites are. They plan everything out. It is no coincidence that... Trump comes into office 
and the gr another great reset takes place, 6.2 trillion. It is no coincidence that Operation Warp Speed gets done. It is no coincidence nothing happens to Hillary. What Trump did for Big Pharma is what Hillary did for big banks, okay? All of these are highly organized. And what we have today in the United States is a destruction as our, as we showed yesterday, this playbook that was created, we've shown conclusively that we have the domestic censorship infrastructure. We have these mandates. We have everything we have today in the world was organized 20, 30 years ago, just like they manufactured World War I. They made sure that they were protected. They created the Fed, all of this. The elites are highly, highly organized. So if you think we're going to beat them just by being passionate, you're out of your mind. We have to learn system science. We have to take a systems approach. So there you go, okay? And all of this resulted in World War I crushing Germany. Isn't that what it did, John? Yeah. Germany was crushed, obliterated, and it teed up them to impose all these sanctions on Germany to choke the German people. But more importantly, what happened was you had Americans, workers, German workers, Italian workers, French workers, Russian workers, British workers who lost limbs, who lost lives, whose families were devastated. And guess who profited? The Carnegies, the bankers. Okay. They made a shitload of money because guess what happened? They won the war and they got interest. They got their base paid off plus interest. And they got the Fed created, which means they were backed up for doing more things like this. So at the end of the day, and we haven't even talked about what occurred in Russia, okay? That's for another day. But the bottom line is this. The elites are very well organized. They study system science. They're not stupid. Without the understanding of system science, and I'll repeat this over and over again, we have no chance at defeating their forces of power, profit, and control. If we need to achieve truth, freedom, and health, these are the four phrases I want to really emphasize. We have to move beyond black and white, beyond this divide and rule. We have to move beyond left and right. Working people must unite for truth, freedom, and health. And we can only do this when you take a bottoms-up approach and you learn the science of systems. We're not going to win it just by being passionate. So that's why I do these videos here. That's why we do the research. This is why we want all of you to contribute to yourself to support the movement for truth, freedom, and health. The movement for truth, freedom, and health is the only force on this planet right now that goes beyond left and right, black and right, has created an infrastructure for all of us to win by each one of you becoming leaders. So go to truthfreedomhealth.com and sign up. You don't even have to pay anything. You just be a member. Join the community. There are a lot of people who want to understand why these things are going on. People want to understand the mechanics. And if you go to the website, you can become a member. You can uh, get the book Systems and Revolution. You can learn how you can use the systems approach to understand it for your health, your body, everything. But it's really, really important we learn system thinking. And by the way, as I shared yesterday, there's a guy called Pierre Omadiar who's on the opposing side. And I want to make sure all of you guys know that the elites spend a lot of money. And there's about eight to 10,000 people who understand the science of systems. Like I said, they plan 10 steps ahead. 
And if we don't understand the knowledge of system science and we think we're going to win, we're out of our mind because it's like you using bows and arrows to fight the elites. Now, I'm going to show you this website. It's called the Democracy Fund. And you'll see on this website that the Democracy Fund, which is part of it's a it's an Orwellian organization. They're the ones who've been funding censorship. They're the ones who helped create, as I shared, the domestic censorship infrastructure, which is used to throw off U.S. citizens, spy on them and throw them off. But here's the Democracy Fund. OK, and look what they have at the bottom. System sinking. So the elites are teaching their people system sinking. And mind you, system sinking allows them to think 20 steps ahead. Without the knowledge of systems, we have no chance of defeating them. But with the knowledge of systems, we do. We have a not only do we have a chance, we have a chance of moving to truth, freedom, and health. But it can only happen if you learn the physics. And I've taken a lot of years, 50 years of my life, to put it into a format you can learn. We've created a community that you can connect with other people, independent of big tech. And we want to make you leaders. We got to go behind divide and rule. Right now, the British crown is back at it again with the elites in the United States. And their goal is to completely head us into the dark ages where a few people are crushing the masses of working people. John, is there any questions we have? Let's take any questions. Any questions? I think we've covered everything. I hope this was valuable. So today's talk again was understanding how the British empire really got the world into World War I. And the, uh, the intention there was to crush Germany. That was the entire goal of this. Nothing else but to crush Germany and to assert the fact that everyone else is stupid and they're the only smart people. That was really the goal of this. And again, in conclusion, what we talked about today, we, we talked about the bogus thing that we were told that the, it was because the Lusitania was torpedoed, why the U.S. got into the war, World War I, or the assassination of uh, Ferdinand and uh, Franz uh, Ferdinand and his wife. Um, and all of you, I recommend if you can get a copy of this book, Hidden History, The Secret Origins of the First World War by Jerry McDougherty and, and Jim McGregor. Take time to read it. It's a great book. Or you can go look at this video again. Uh, and I've summarized those learnings plus the teachings that we teach in systems health. John, what else should we do? Dr. Shiva, we do actually have a good question here. Um, uh, and you want to put it up? Is the British Empire still alive as a parasite controlling American foreign policy from within? Yeah, Humberto Vasquez. Phenomenal question. The answer is a resounding yes. And yesterday I talked about this. There is a reason that the Dukey of censorship, his name is, what is it? What do we call him? Dukey. The Dukey of censorship. Quote unquote, Prince Harry Dukey of censorship is here. There is a reason this woman, Markle, was recruited. Okay. She was recruited by, by the British Empire. Okay. She, Harry's no cuckold. He tells her what to do. They're putting her out there to act as though she's one of us. But the goal is that the British Empire that never believed in the First Amendment, the Atlantic Council, as I shared yesterday, and go look at my video yesterday, is the organization that created the censorship infrastructure at using Harvard, using all of their elite institutions. And it was all driven and organized by Britain. And the entire British goal here is Britain now is a mass. I'll do a talk on this. Um, tomorrow, I'm going to do a talk on spinach, right, John? We're going to do a medical talk 
on spinach and the cardiovascular system. But after that, what is tomorrow, John? Wednesday? Thursday, right? Yeah, Thursday. Tomorrow I'll do a talk on spinach, um, giving you some medical knowledge, again, a systems approach. But on Friday, we'll be talking about how Britain has spent enormous, has made now enormous sums of money. They're, they wanted to exit Europe. They needed to exit Europe because they want to reestablish themselves as the empire again. It's the empire strikes back. That's what we're at. Yeah. Why did Brexit happen? To become an empire again, make Germany put the EU bill alone? Yeah, there you go. Who's that? Cornelia. Cornelia, you nailed it. Yeah. So listen, uh, Britain never wanted to be part of the EU. They became part of the EU. And then they, so guys like Nigel Farage, who were, you know, acting like they're for the British people, it's all bullshit. Again, they always use the masses. Let me repeat again. They always get the masses, the white people all excited or the black people are excited. The, the, the black politicians or the white politicians, they always rile up the masses, get them all fired up, but it's always towards imperial goals. So that's what they did. The goal of Brexit was to break from the EU and they said it was going to be good for the British people. No, it's going to be good for the British elites because over the last you know five, 10 years, particularly recent past, in all those Cayman Islands bank accounts and all those bank accounts, overseas bank accounts, Britain has amassed so much wealth that they're going to deploy that wealth to buy U.S. assets. Mark my words. That's what's going on right now. And let me tell every American listening out there, right? China is not our enemy. China can't do jack shit without Britain, okay? And India is fundamentally a colony still of Britain. India never really got independence. Any Indian listening out there, just remember, we'll do another video on this, how Gandhi sold an entire country. Nehru, the founder of India, still was sucking up to Britain. In fact, he was ba banging Mountbatten's wife, okay? Was a former emperor of Britain, okay? So you have a whole part of the world which is still under British rule. The only country that truly broke from British rule was the United States of America. The First Amendment, the Second Amendment. And that was a blow to Britain. Remember, the ethos here about the monarchs is we know better than them. What do these peasants know? So the entire march of history since 1776 has been to bring America back into the fold. It was Britain that burned down the White House. It was Britain that started the Civil War. It was Britain that started World War I, as we review today. We'll also talk about shortly how Britain got America involved in World War II, and it is Britain that has created the censorship infrastructure in the United States with its collusion between government, which, which creating the collusion between government and big tech. Remember, government is still a pawn of the elites, as we just showed today. Any other question, John? Um, uh, that's it from the chat, it seems. But I was curious about your... Um comments on on brexit we, you've obviously talked about brexit several times but you I've, i'm curious about the other side of the equation the eu does that that certainly doesn't mean that the eu is pro-worker or anything no what it means is look the eu um well look one of the things is after world war ii and we can talk about this more germany and france finally realized after world war one and world war ii that they were being used by the british that they were being morons okay so they signed a pact okay that they would never ever fight again. That was really where the EU comes from, John. It was more France, the French elites and the German elites realizing they were stupid elites. Remember, the elites have, it's like one thug fighting against another thug, okay? We shouldn't have any sympathy for these quote unquote countries elites. It's just that the biggest thug 
out there is a British crown. You have the French thugs, you have the German thugs. The French and German thugs realize, wait a minute, we're being used by this big thug, so we should never fight again. Okay, that's what that was about, John. It wasn't about the working people. But we do remember in 2019, the French working people are starting to rise up. Remember that? German working people are starting to strike, right? Working people all over the world were starting to strike. And then, bam, what happens? A pandemic comes, right? And that's where we are at now. All of this is very well organized, okay? These people in power use the science of systems. And if you do not learn the science of systems, if you, um, we're not going to be able to win. One of my goals is to build a leadership of 50,000 truth, freedom, and health warrior scholars all over the world, okay? And that's one of the missions. And this is really about you. Where we're at right now, our movement for truth, freedom, and health is about you. Do you want to reclaim your sovereignty as a human being? Or do you believe, like Cecil Rhodes believed, that only the elites know better, that they're going to tell you what to do? It's really freedom versus slavery. In order to get back on the path to freedom, we need to understand the science of systems so how we can get us out of this mess. Anything else, John? Um, uh, does Joe Biden believe in the unification of Taiwan and China? Does Joe Biden believe in the unification of Taiwan and China? Well, just apply it, right? Taiwan is a British Commonwealth still, right? No, Taiwan was not. Well, well, what I'm saying is, but Taiwan has very close relation with Britain still, okay? For example, the censorship infrastructure was rolled out first in Taiwan, okay? Yes, that, that's true. Yeah. So nothing happens without Britain's blessings in that region. Australia, for example, is a British Commonwealth, right? Yeah. In fact, the Queen has so much power in Australia that she, whatever government's form, she can, with the snap of her finger, get rid of the government. What else? Yogi Kanasal, how, how far are we into the goal of 50,000 warriors? We're about 20% there, another 40,000 to go. All of you become, do it for yourself, contribute to this movement. But I can just tell you that we, we're giving so many tools to people Every uh, Wednesday evenings, I do a full interactive Q&A with students. We have classes we run, um, but I'm saving everyone a lot of time so you don't have to go to 20, 30 years of MIT. You're going to learn the science of systems, and that science will make you all leaders so you don't have to follow somebody. You can lead your neighbors to help them move beyond left and right. What else, John? Um, that seems to be it that I can see. Someone says, is this a worldwide organization? Yes, uh, Sean, we have uh, amazing people in France. Um, we, this is a worldwide movement. It's bottoms up. We never expected it to grow like this, but we're finding people from all over the world. We've created a leadership program. And if you want to know more, just go to truthfreedomhealth.com, sign up. There's many ways that you can participate. But this movement is really about you. Bottoms up, bottoms up, bottoms up beyond left and right. I think that's it, John. Let's close it for the day. Unless there's something big. All right, everyone. Thank you very much. I hope this was valuable. I hope we delivered on our promise from yesterday, which was to really teach you about how the British crown and the American elites are the ones who manufactured World War I. They're the ones who wanted to destroy Germany. And all of this was done to enslave working people throughout the world. Thank you, everyone. Truthfreedomhealth.com. Be the light. Thank you.